Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, and welcome to another episode of All the Small Games, a monthly podcast where me, Andrew Levins, and him, Jonathan Valenzuela, that's his name, uh, we talk about indie games every single month. We go through all the ones that we've been playing, and uh, this is an especially cool episode of All the Small Games because we are currently in Melbourne uh, on the third day of the PAX. Uh, is it? Maybe it's, is PAX, it? PAX Australia. And PAX, of course, stands for Penny Arcade, Penny Arcade Expo. 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 Okay, yeah. there you go. I don't know what the difference between an expo and an exhibition is, but... I was going to say exhibitionist. Oh, right. The Penny Arcade Exhibitionists. Oh, my goodness. Um, and now yeah, we've, uh, we, we've, we spent yesterday on the show floor. Um, yep. Uh, Cutting through the crowds, checking out uh, PAX Rising, which is the indie section of the, um, of the exhibition, and also hitting up uh, Nintendo's booth and Xbox booth. Yeah. Xbox booth, Xbox's booth, both of which have uh, a variety of indie games on offer. I didn't check the PlayStation booth. It seems to be like... There's some VR shit there. I'm going to go back in there today. And, uh, man, I want to play a Tetris effect. I'm very excited. In VR. For, in VR. It's going to be fucking yeah. insane. Yeah. I, I, VR, I, I will be a T-block. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, VR, I just... I have glasses. So oh, right. Just yeah, wearing, sure. a, wearing a VR headset is like, this sucks. <laughs> Um, yeah, so what, do we, what should we do first, Levin? Should we talk about what we've played? or I think let's, let's, let's talk about on. PAX. Later, right. later in the episode, we're going to go through uh, a number of games that we've played. I know we have both played uh, um, and finished Wonder Song, yep. and then I started talking about last episode. Um, we've got some Guacamelee talk, mm-hmm. um, Undertale, a classic, um, and some new games like Zavot and Save Me, Mr. Taco. Um, so we'll talk about them later in the episode, but first let's get through uh, the show floor on PAX, what it's like. You know, trying to cram as many indie games into the small window of time we have there. I actually didn't play anywhere near as many as you because I had a panel uh, yesterday, and uh, I also decided I wanted to play the Kingdom Hearts three demo. Not a small game. No, but, uh, I'm glad I did. It was cool. Um, yeah, I think I like a lot of the a lot of the games I racked up were on the Xbox booth because I think I got there just at a time like Xbox booth had Battlefield five and a bunch of other big games that were taking a lot of people away. From the smaller games, um, which were really like they've got a good, pretty good lineup of uh, of indie games, thanks to the ID at Xbox program. I was bummed because they have Ori and the what's the new one? Blind Will Forest, of, Will, of, Will the of the Wisps. Yeah, yeah they've got uh, a bunch of Ori and the Will of the Wisps um, demo stations, but it's you have to line up 
to get into. It's a big line. Them, and I, it was a big line. I didn't realize how popular that game is. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That, that, that I have very nearly bought an Xbox a few times this year just to play the Aura games. It's so. been it's been fun watching you get so close to pulling the trigger. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get an Xbox. Yeah, I actually sent you on a mission to potentially find me a very yeah. cheap one, and 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 uh, Kmart screwed me over on that one. I maintain. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, but one game that we do play at the Xbox. Um, uh, booth that uh, we both played to, to finish is Tunic. Mm. Um, they set up a cool little um, vertical slice, I believe they call it, yes. uh, of the game. Um, Tunic is uh, a game being um, developed by Andrew Scholdice for Finji. Um, it's an Xbox exclusive at this point, so you can also play it on Windows. Um, and uh, It's such a shame because this is... We say this about so many games, but this would be perfect on Switch. Oh my god. So it's- and I'm, my, uh, my hope is that the thing that always happens with Xbox happens, which is like, it's an exclusive six months later. Every other console has it. Yeah, totally. I wonder if Finji's put out anything else that uh, has made it over to... I think Finji has. There's a familiar... Oh, they've got Overland coming out. That's awesome. Yep. Looking forward to that one. Cannabolt. Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods. Oh, wow. So, okay. You know what? I reckon that, that, that it's very possible this will be on uh, other other consoles later. Yeah. Um, it's basically a um, uh, almost like a Zelda esque yeah. kind of tribute. You play as a little fox adventurer, um, and uh, you you at the start of the demo you have nothing. You find a stick that you can use as a weapon, and then you you end up finding a, a you know a sword, a and sword. A shield, and I didn't find a shield. Did you really? find a shield? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Oh, that's found cool. Um, it's um, did your demo end when you got up to a monster that just a, fucks you up in giant, one hit? A giant boss, yeah, that just shreds you in. I was kind of like, all right, how am I going to beat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then just then it just flashes tunic. Yeah, um, but, which uh, is which is I. There's another game I'll discuss that did the vertical slice. I love it when, I love it when at at conventions they do vertical slices because you just you're not going to have someone sitting there on the console for like ten fifteen minutes playing away. They finish their little thing and they're gone. Yeah, like it just keeps people moving really quickly. It you also get a good taste of the game because it yeah. does put something together that kind of shows off, you know, a nice little section of the game. Yeah, and it gives you that sense of like, oh, I'm not miss, I haven't missed anything. There's not more of the game that I didn't get to play. Like, cool, that's yeah. it, it's done. So, but yeah, tunic. Yeah, so it's like a very gorgeous, um, you know, 3D, but you're looking down, so it's like semi isometric. So very it's, reminiscent of like, you know, your link to the pasts and yeah, link between worlds. It it um. It's got a tilt shift aesthetic where like tilt shift is a camera thing where it kind of makes everything look, look small and almost like a toy. Yep. And you can kind of tell because it's got a sort of blurred vignette around the outside of the screen. Zarvot, which we'll talk about later, uses that as well. And it made me realize like, oh, damn, there's a really cool kind of design choice for games. It like looks really great on screen. When you move from room to room, the um, uh, well, I didn't like it. It just It's a very minor complaint, but the... Um, does it is weird kind of like fade to black mm. scratchiness? Mm. I just didn't like that effect. Sure. <laughs> um, one thing I noticed is that did you interact with any of the like signs in the game? Yeah, so it has like it's like an, almost an alien uh, like uh, language. Uh, Reminded me a lot of Hyperlight Drifter. Sure. Um, I don't think it. You know, it don't, I don't think it really matters that you don't really know what it's saying. I'm I'm curious if at any point there'll be something in the game that's like, oh, you found a book in a chest that then translates everything for you. I, I reckon it's... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, you've played so many Zelda and adventure kind of games that it doesn't really matter what the fuck the signs say. Yeah, this say. is fair. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's 
Hey, there's an enemy. Go kill it. Yeah, oh, and, and I have to dock them points for not. You're not able to slash the signs with your with your sword. That's one of okay. my favorite things in Zelda games, and you can't do it in this. Oh. So therefore, I give it one out of ten. No. Oh goddamn! No, no, I really liked it. Um, I, I I've... at least give it two, Nick. I give you one out of ten. Yeah, now. cool. I deserve that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, this is definitely a game that I'm, I'm going to play at some oh, point. I, yeah. I, I really, when, I really, really enjoyed when you it. Bu- when you buy a PC or an Xbox, <laughs> I just this is the kind of game that I want to play portably, though. I don't. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. There's a there, you know I'm, I'm still slowly chipping away at Guacamole Two on uh, on PlayStation Four. Um, but you know it's been announced that that's coming to Switch. Yeah. That's the perfect way to play this kind of game. Is it? Is that something that you'll be like, yeah, put it on hold on PlayStation and wait for the Switch I'm version? I'm so close to the end of Guacamole Two. <laughs> so, yeah, it's rough. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I will play it. I just I would I would have burnt through it in the first week of this month. Sure. Um, if it was on Switch, because it's like the perfect kind of game that I want to play on Switch. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I mean. To what you're saying, I don't think having Tunic on a big screen necessarily adds to the experience. Like, I wouldn't want to play Red Dead Redemption 2 on my Switch because it's such a beautiful, detailed world. Yeah, totally. A small screen yeah. would rob that. But this is such a simple, you know, fairly minimalist design world that watching it on a, you know, 62-inch plasma whatever... It's not going to add anything. You totally. might as well have it in front of you. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I've got no problem sitting down and spending an entire day playing Spider-Man on my PS4. Sure. But, yeah, indie games. I, I, you know, everyone is welcome to play them however the fuck they want. But uh, I, I, just, no. I, I like them in handheld mode. I, I think that's what is the draw card. I can take them anywhere. I yeah. can play them anywhere. And it's not like this... Well, normally, it's not this huge immersive world that I need to you know, re-remember all the all yeah, lore exactly. and the controls. It's always like, yeah. Yeah, it's really good to pick up and play. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's push forward. Uh, yeah. Tunic, Tunic, definitely one that I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, you, you can pick one because you've got like fucking twenty. <laughs> yeah, I've 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 ran around, and did a bunch more while you set up for the thing. Um, so just to tick off the rest of the Xbox booth, um, I played Ashen, which is uh, coming out very soon. It's been it's Aurora, it's by Aurora Forty Four, which from memory is a New Zealand um, dev team. Right, cool. Which is rad. Um, uh, yep, I it think is. it's it's one of the it's another Xbox exclusive. Understandably, it's at their booth. Um, although they do actually, they did have a stand in the Pax Rising section. Which yeah, that's absolutely interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, I, uh, it's Dark Souls esque. Um, <laughs> it's a three D run around kind of hack and slash sort of game. Very difficult. You know, you have a stamina bar that you can't like. If you run out, you're, you're screwed. I played for a little bit. Um, and both times ran into enemies that just fucked me up and I died. And after doing that twice, you kind of go like, there's other games I could be playing around here. Like if this, this isn't saying I don't want to play this game. It's just, I want to sit down with three hours or more to just really dive in and get into it. So maybe not a great, great demo. Um... Oh, it was also like the good thing about dying is that it put me back because like, I just went and picked it up where someone had clearly walked away, mm. which is another thing that bugs me with these game conventions is the vertical slice thing is useful because it immediately resets you back to the start of the experience. But with a lot of other ones, you walk up and you're like, I don't know what the... like. This happened with a game I'll talk about in a minute or two called Gris. But just walk up and be like, oh, where am I? What's happening? I don't know what's going on. And sometimes the start button doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is frustrating. Um yeah, Ashen looks really cool. If you know, it, it looks like the kind of world I want to dive into. Um, your kind of standard um, quest style, like it seems. I think the story is like the like the world is 
dying or something and you're making your way through the world etc it sounds looks, like a dark Souls it looks game. cool look at look at the trailer um so one disappointment that i had uh was at the nintendo uh booth um nintendo has by and large like, an incredible uh booth set up this year pax um with all their, their first party stuff like you know there's a pokemart and an enormous uh smash setup which is really Diablo really cool three and but then they have a, a back back wall that just has indie games on it, which is really, really cool. They have um, one side of the wall is uh, indie games that already are out. So there's like three Switches playing Hollow Knight, which is cool to see. That yeah. There's always someone playing it, which is cool. Uh, the Messenger has a little setup um, and something else that I enjoyed too is there too. Yep, good um, to see them there. Uh, and then on the left, uh, there are four indie games uh, that are upcoming. Um, and uh, the two that I was keen to play are Untitled Goose Game, which we're both going to try and have a stab at today. Hell yeah! The big line. I was like, the one, that was the, the only indie that had like a line yeah, behind it that, at all times. Every time I kind of skated, like went past, thinking like, I'll just jump on. No, I won't. The hype is real for that game. People yeah. are excited. Um, but uh, next to it was Killer Queen Black, which is an arcade game that is coming to Switch. It was announced in the one of the E3. Yeah, um, I remember it from the E3 episode. Directs this year. Um, and Killer Queen Black is like this crazy uh, multiplayer experience. Experience where there's like multiple ways to win it's like a kind of take on joust but you can also um you know like pick up balls and, and put them in goals and you can kill your enemies but the demo that they made you could only the only way it was a two-player game you could only play with one other person and uh the only it was pretty much just joust like you couldn't it was, it was just you attacking the other person playing and it was really really simple mm. and like not fun Sure. So I don't know why they bothered putting this kind of demo together or if maybe that wasn't set up properly. Yeah. Uh, it looks great um, and the sound effects in it are really cool, but uh, unfortunately not the Killer Queen ex- Black experience I was hoping to get uh, when I saw it there. I got very excited. This is actually one of my most anticipated games. Was it, was it still good to get even just a taste though? No. Oh, damn. Like okay. as in like it was like after 30 seconds, I was like, okay, I've seen all this can offer right, me. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, so again, watch a YouTube and you get way more out of it than no, what I did. No release date yet? I don't think so. No, right. Okay. Um, wrapping up the stuff I saw on the Xbox booth, a uh, game called Bendy and the Ink Machine, mm-hmm. which is a... Um, it's actually... It's been out on, on Windows for a while now, uh, releasing episodically, uh, and it was supposed to be out on Friday for Xbox and PlayStation, but they actually pushed back the release date to the 20th of November, so Switch gets it as well. Oh, great. Which is cool. Good to see it come into Switch. Um, It is a first-person survival horror game, but with an interesting kind of twist. You play as this guy, um, this old animator from like the sort of um, uh, Steamboat Willie almost era of animation, whose friend who owns an animation studio is like, come back to the animation used used to work there. He's like, come back to the studio, I want to show you something. And when you get there, it's deserted, and um, you kind of, you pick up all these, like, as you go through the game, you pick up recordings, very similar to Bioshock, that kind of fill you in on what's been happening with the story. Yep. And it turns out that this guy built a machine that produces ink, um, and has apparently slid into a sort of cult-based madness. So the thing that the the character this animation studio used to make is, or was well-known for, is this little devil called Bendy. Yep. And it seems like he came to think that Bendy is real and started worshipping him. And so, like, I'm playing around this first level where you, you have to pick up all these items to get the ink machine running again. And there's this, like, really creepy moment where you walk into a room and one of the other characters, Boris the Wolf, is, like, strapped to a table with his chest cut open and, like... Whoa, hectic. And, like, there's stuff written on the walls and it's just really, like, 
really cool aesthetic, very sort of sepia toned, um, very much looks like an old cartoon. So it's like Resident Evil meets Epic Mickey. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's uh, and like I was reading about it because it's been out for a while on PC. It's very well documented on Wikipedia and sort of like you, over the course of the game, you descend through this animation studio and shit just gets wilder and wilder. Um, again, the sort of game where it's like, I want to sit and play this continuously. Yeah, long, like playing a survival horror game surrounded by other people is, uh, yeah. is not the best way to play it. Well, I've been, I've been griping about various things with packs, which makes me sound like such a curmudgeon. I'm having fun, guys. It's great. But it's just, as always, these experiences make me notice things that I'm like, because I rarely go to these things. I'm like, oh, I hate watching people play games. Like, if it's you, that's fine. But if it's a stranger, I kind of sit there going like, no, no, you fucking go left. God damn it. <laughs> Shoot, you idiot. <laughs> Keep moving. But um, yeah, so November 20th. I'm recommending a new indie game to John called Anger Management. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is it a is it it's a management sim? We went through this with Prison Simulator. No less. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a it's a port of the um uh, early two thousands Adam Sandler Jack oh. Nicholson movie. Oh sweet, yeah. It's um, coming to Switch. <laughs> um, isn't Switch? No, Click. Click is another Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So Bendy and the Ink Machine looks looks cool. Looks really interesting. I think it's it's cool to see. Yeah, man, you sold me on that. That sounds horror great. Horror done in that sort of aesthetic. Um. Are you? Was there anything else you played? I uh, can't remember. I'll just keep going, and if I remember, I'll remember. All right, so that's me done with the Xbox booth. The other booth that I put a bit of time in on is uh, the Devolver booth. Yeah, that, and that, that was the best. They have the best placement. Just as soon as you walk yeah. in the main entry, they're just right in front of you. They have four games. My friend Pedro. Yep. Gris. Gris. Uh, Metal Wolf, Wolf Chaos, Chaos XD and Piku Niku. Yep, that's one. Yeah, um, that's one I really want to play today with you because it's a co-op one. Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll definitely we'll get that one squared away. But um, I. The first thing I did when I walked in, like you were saying in terms of placement, I walked in, people everywhere, but just as I walked in, someone put down the controller for Gris and walked away. So I was just like... Yeah, it looks beautiful, that game. Straight on. It's Visually, it is stunning, but this is is the thing I, I ran into, which is I hopped on the game and was just like, I don't, I don't know where to go. I don't, like, this is not... A, What's a Gris? Yeah. <laughs> Help. Um... There was like a jumping puzzle that I worked out after a couple of minutes, which I was pretty happy about. And I'm like, okay, now I go here. And I go, I'm back at the start of the jumping puzzle again. What is, where am I? Oh, man. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't go for very long on Gris just because of that. Like That's one that I just know I'm going to, that's the thing with, with some games, I just know I'm going to play them. So I'm not that interested in playing like a tiny <laughs> bit of them now. It's, it's nice to get that taste. Like it's nice to in the flesh so to a speak. wee bite see those see those beautiful graphics and yeah. get a feel for like oh it's got a double jump mechanic but the second jump is really drifty and so it's using yeah, cool. puzzles and that kind of thing but at the same time it's like okay whatever um i then queued up to play my friend pedro which i think both of us are really excited about yeah it's- seeing it at um at E3. E3 yeah. conference it's like this bonkers kind of like stunt based uh shooter yep um, where you play as like a um, like you know I, I don't know if your character has a name right but the banana that you hallucinate has a name and that name is Pedro um, yeah it's um, it's great because it's a vertical slice you run through three missions two of which like first mission introduces you to the the sort of jumping and shooting mechanics 
and they have a like a time slowdown mechanic and a mechanic where you can like select one target and then pull your crosshair to another one and shoot both at the same time. Great. And when you mix them all together, you get these like crazy you know, crazy instances where you're like backflipping off a ledge, shooting two dudes at once, like in slow mo. Really, really kind of crazy, awesome gameplay. Um, and then the third level is uh, motorbike, like freeway combat. Essentially, you're on a motorbike shooting people in cars, and then there's a boss battle against a butcher in a van. Um, I was playing on keyboard and mouse. Did they have a controller set up? They did have a controller, but no one was using it, and I suspect that maybe it just wasn't working. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. Because uh, a keyboard is for word processing. Yes. Therefore, I will not be playing the My Friend Pedro demo. Indeed. It was very odd to... um it was very odd to be back on keyboard again. Super awkward, because, like... Unless it was My Friend Pedro teaches typing, I ain't playing that yeah. shit, chief. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it just... Playing it was like it was a perfect vertical slice for me to be like, holy shit, this is going to be fucking amazing when it comes out. This is very fun, very dumb, very weird. Um, yeah, super excited for that. Yeah, uh, and I think that's it in terms of stuff I played yesterday or got the chance to play. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole ton of games in the PAX Rising booth. Um, yesterday, I was just like taking it all in. Yeah. I spent most of my day just in awe of the, the um, fully painted Super Smash Brothers Ultimate roster, which is just um, on one side oh, of the Nintendo Oh, that giant booth. mural. Man, it is so good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get over it. I like kept trying to get the most perfect panorama shot of it and just kept fucking it up. And then there's just, yeah, there's so many amazing, it's just this beautiful tableau. It's great. Yeah. 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 Um, so what we're going to, once we're, once we wrap on this pod, we're going to, Go back to PAX. What have you got on your want to play? Um, there is a new game by Massive Monster, the guys who did um, Super Adventure Pals that <gasps> yeah, um, right. I want to go check out. I can't remember what the name of it is. Never but... never something, never say die. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, th- what's cool is that they have a death count of how many people have died playing their demo since PAX started. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm going to try and add to that as, nice. best, as best as I can. Um, and then there's a game that was recommended to me um, by another dev who unfortunately doesn't have a setup. He has a... Uh, He's come over from Perth. Um, I think he listens to the show too. So, shouts to Oscar Britton, who uh, is he's made uh, a game called uh, Desert Child, which is coming to Switch hopefully before the end of the year. I was hoping, I was like, fingers crossed. It's like one of my most anticipated games of the year. Okay. I was I had my fingers crossed that it was going to, he's going to have, he was going to have a booth at PAX, but unfortunately sure. he didn't. But um, he said, make sure you check out uh, Knuckle Sandwich. Yeah, I've seen that around. I think I saw it the last time I was at PAX Oz. Um, I thank you for googling it because I'm not sure what it is. I just know it's, it's very a, bright. It's, it's an RPG. It, look, it looks. It reminded me a lot of like. I mean, I've been, I've been playing Undertale at the moment, so it might be a bit of like Undertale or Earthbound. Um, but it's a it's a role playing game about fast food, mysterious cults, and noses created by Andrew Brophy, which is a familiar name. Um, but yeah, the the art style is super appealing. Yeah, and, uh, it's called Knuckle Sandwich. I, that yeah. sounds like a game that I want to play. So. Hell yeah. Um, so that's definitely going to be something that I play today. Yep, we'll check that out. Um, Pikachu Niku, as previously yep. stated. Yeah, we'll and both, uh, we'll both go in on that. There's a few others that I've people have recommended. I'm going to try and do as much as I can. Again, the limited amount of time we have left. But, yeah, um, I think fun. we'll maybe I'll hop on Twitter and make sure that all the stuff we see at PAX Rising that we really like gets a shout out through there. Yeah, and you can follow us on Twitter. Um, yeah. At uh, twitter.com slash all the small game. Yep. We couldn't fit an S on there. No, we couldn't. RIP that S. Um, me, I want to try, there's a game called Last Stand Aftermath, which is a zombie game. I'm a sucker for zombie games. Uh, it looks like the kind of, the, the mechanic seems to be 
you are part of a post-apocalyptic settlement and they send you out to collect um, uh, supplies and various things. Um, My friend Connor told me to check out a game called A Lurie, like a little cute little fox game. Okay. Love cute, um, another, another cute little fox game. Wow, it's a big year for foxes. Um, cute ones. So yeah, I want to want to give that a try. I don't... I don't um, I'm hoping it'll be good. I saw a bit of the gameplay yesterday and it... it um, Feels like they need to balance the combat a bit, but I can't really say that without playing it. Uh, I really want to have a go on Dead Static Drive, which is a game by a Victorian-based developer called Mike Blackney. Um, I've seen this at a couple of PAXs now. He describes it as a cosmic horror road trip. Um, so it's kind of you driving through the, the dusty American West, um, rolling up to settlements and uh, getting attacked by worms, giant worms that punch their way out of the ground. Um, great, cool. cool, like really cool art style. Um, just, yeah, super, super excited for that one. Um, and getting to, getting to play it today. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at, looking at the uh, YouTube sure. for a knuckle sandwich and it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, it looks great. Um, I love that. I love that bright sort of, pixel just pixel. super weird and funny yeah. rpg it looks great um play that today for sure and look if if i have the time untitled goose game oh yeah of I course wanna, i want to get yeah, hands we, on with that yeah we got to get in there yeah for, uh, for the good of the world indeed all right well enough about these games that aren't released yet let's talk about the ones that have been released and that sure. we've been playing over the last month um and we're going to start with a game that we've both played and finished and it's called wonder song yeah um, it is a game developed by Greg Lobanov, um, and uh, it's been uh, published by Humble Bundle. Yeah. Um, and I spoke about it uh, briefly at the end of uh, last episode, I but think you, you just yeah, it like started that day or something. And yeah. I was like, "Am I going to like this game?" And like, f- just from fucking around with it, I was like, "Oh fuck, this is like really cool and different." Mm. Um, it is like a, I guess like a, a, a very, it's, very light kind of puzzle adventure it, game. It, yeah, it's an adventure game with some light platforming some light puzzling um you play as a bard um who yeah. uh who basically instead of uh wielding a sword he, he tries to at the start but he can't no um he he instead uses the power of his voice and so the uh right stick uh, on the controller um or i think it's like if you, you're playing on pc your, your mouse sure uh basically depending on the direction you hold the stick in it it does do me fa say or la t yeah one of those ones. Um, and uh, it's re- very well mapped to different colors. So, like, you know, like, different colors are represented of different notes. When I saw the dem- like the the, uh, the trailer for this, I was like, oh, man, this is going to get, like, fucking crazy hard rhythm game stuff. And it is so forgiving. Yeah. I think I would have been like, fuck this. Like, if, if, if I, you know, if it was more demanding on of... Uh, hand-eye coordination because I'm, t- I'm pretty terrible at rhythm games yeah um, there's there's certain... i love them i just suck at them and you there's... would think someone that djs for a living would be better at it i just i'm terrible at them there's certain sections where you have to sing along with uh ghosts and monsters ghosts and, and stuff like that and but yeah i i'm in the exact same boat there was at no point during those did i ever nail them i was always like missing notes or running behind or doing that but thankfully it just lets you go yeah he just kind of pulls a face at you yeah and then um i think i this is a great game for like an 8 to 12 year old yeah for sure yeah. definitely it was also a great game for anybody but yeah, like yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. I, but i think it's in, i think we've just maybe we've discussed in past ones like like donut county is a great game that you can hand to a kid definitely yeah i think this is another one of those particularly since a lot of the like 
it reminded me very faintly of something like a regular show or an Adventure Time. Yep. Where it has that very kind of kid-like veneer, but it's dealing with issues that that like a. a Perhaps a bit big for a very young child to deal with. Yeah, sure. Well, the, like the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, the end, of, the end of the world. But above that, like believing in yourself and yeah, what happens when you're depressed and all that kind of stuff and expectations uh, yeah. that are put on you and stuff like that. Man, it's a beautiful story and yeah. the, the writing is excellent in this game. It's, and it's really good. It's really funny at times. It's really sweet and heartfelt at times. So it is, you know, uh, in, a, in a different way to the Tunic is. It is a riff on like your your big kind of like Zelda style adventure. Obviously, it's not about swords is about singing Mm -hmm. but it deals with like you know the the scenario that we see in so many video games where it is like you know the world is ending and it's up to you the hero to step up and and save everybody um except uh people keep telling the bard over and over and over again that you are not the hero yeah and Um, there is actually a hero that you meet yeah and it's an interesting like the hero is kind of a juxtaposition whereas She's so headstrong, and she, but she also thinks that she's saving the world. But she's saving, like, yeah. the bard is, the the world is ending and you're told that that's just the way it has to be. That's how it's always been. The, like, the world ends and that it's paves the way for yeah. a new world. Whereas the bard is like, I do not want this world to end. I'm doing everything I can to save this world. But the hero... No, who's, yeah, yeah. Who's headstrong. I don't, yeah, we, we, let's leave it. Yeah, is yeah. the juxtaposition of that? Yes, <laughs> is the opposite of that. But uh, um, I will say, I felt it hit like there's like seven acts in the game. I think yeah, seven acts. And, and I think and, it, and, hit, and it hit five, and I was like, I am, oh, I'm losing steam here. And I think five is the most. It's the act where you have to visit the two cities one after the other. Yeah, yeah who are at just, war with each other. It does. Yeah. That, that's the only part of the game that really drags. Yeah, it it. And it for it to drag at that because everything prior to that is really snappy. You go in, you know, you go to various towns, you help out, you do side quests, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Including two tributes to uh, my two favorite Zelda games, besides Breath of the Wild. Um, there is a um, Majora's Mask town with a uh, style town where you have like a day night setup and uh, you have to be at the right place at the right time, yeah. um, and you can alter time to and you've got to like re- recruit different people that are you know only going to be at this plot between these hours yeah. and like it's really really simple it's a simplified version of Majora's Mask but that was a great little homage and the one the the act before it is like just straight up Wind Waker um you're in a boat it's a little bit little bit Monkey right. Island as well yeah. Yeah. um you're with pirates that um, was who, that was maybe my favorite part of the game the so fucking good so good because you navigate the ship by singing and all the pirates sing along with you like a sh- sh- sea shanty yeah uh, that was like I was like fuck I think at that point I was like John you have to play this yeah. game um that yeah, and that that alone is reason enough to play this game. I thought that was an expertly put together level when you're navigating this fun little map and going to different islands. And there's you know there's a little a few extra bonus things. Obviously, there's a lot to get out of. Um, you, there's like so much dialogue that you don't have to uh, read in this. But I found myself talking to every single character yeah, until I, they would just not talk to me anymore. I did the same. I I got every every dialogue bit out of the way. Which I think is when it when I start like by the fifth where there's so many people to talk to and so many places to explore. I was just like, okay, I did I, like. Should I not do this? And I was like, no, I have to read all the dialogue. I did like the act that act in that it mapped um, you, it, your singing um, it, similar to Wind, Wind Waker, um, where you use the baton to control the wind. Your singing uh, in in the, that act unlocks different magic things that allowed you to like interact yes. with the walls. Um, in, yeah. Like you could walk up walls and walk yeah, on, the, on the ceiling. On them or they'd go, they'd, they'd go tangible, intangible. Yeah, yeah. intangible. Yeah, um, 
it's funnily enough it's one there was one tiny tiny little thing in it that that in a weird way sold me on its cuteness it's a it's an it's extremely cute oh so um, sweet yeah. the, the aesthetic is like i was trying to think of the best way to describe it i'm like imagine if Terence and Philip from South Park wasn't made by two pricks. Like, <laughs> very kind of paper crafty. Yep. Beautifully colourful. But there was one bit that sold me on it, and it's such a ridiculously small bit, but very cute in my opinion. He, uh, the main character, the bard, is asleep, and he's snoring. And the way he's snoring is you hear him like go, la 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 la. Dory me fasso la I was like, oh my god, that's so cute. I'm sold. This is great. Yeah, I uh, I love this game. I think it definitely appeals to um, people that love A Night in the Woods. I reckon it's, it's, it's sure, a companion I'd say game. It's, comp- it's not in terms of content, but in terms of aesthetic, it's definitely comparable. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I haven't seen that many people talking about this game. I think it's one of my favorite games that I played this year. Yeah, uh, and I don't, I'm not one that normally gets hooked on like you know very story based mm. games. I, and you know this even though it had very light platforming, like I was. I get like I get withdrawals if I don't play a Twitch based kind of like platformer sure. every every while. In fact, it's been it's it has been a weird month for me. I haven't play, really played strictly a platformer. Oh God! Like as, as my main game this month. Uh, but Wonder Song definitely held my attention. It's about just under ten hours, I guess. Yeah, it's around uh, eight. Yeah. Um, and uh, depending on how how much you want to talk to everybody in the game. Yeah, and I think like if you, yeah, obviously we play games a little bit differently. We power through them to, so we can get to the next game. Yeah, I think that that drag feeling wouldn't be as significant if I was just playing it act by act, and then you know allowing space in between acts or sure. whatever. Like especially that fifth one, but uh, yeah, that, that fifth one is like two hours. Um, it's it's almost two acts combined into one. Yep. Yeah, but a, a really, really great game. Um, again, published through um, Humble Bundle. Um, we both played on the Switch, and it's excellent uh, as a handheld Switch game. It, it actually utilizes touchscreen mechanics too, so you can sing by using the touchpad, um, which I never never did, but you know, I, I actually so discovered it by accident. I found the touchpad like when you when you're having when you're engaged in dialogue with people, um, and you have choices to make in terms of what you say. You you kind of select by singing in the direction. They'll have like you've got your color wheel for singing, and they'll have the options around it. One thing that got kind of annoying though is um, you wouldn't just go like, okay, so I want to choose that one, sing in that direction, and it would say it all. You'd have to like each syllable. You'd need to hit that That's note. Right. Yeah, yeah. And after a while, I was like. This is getting annoying, but with the touch screen, you just go like tap, 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 uh, tap. That's cool. Out, yeah, sure. out, out and done. Um, yeah, there's um uh, a character you can find in each act called Mask who uh, oh, gives yeah. you the ability to, to dance. Yep. Um, and th- it was fun finding her. Yeah, it was fun seeing all the like various dance. I was, I was curious if the dancing would ever become a necessary mechanic yeah. in the game, and it it doesn't, but. Every once in a while, I'd just be walking around and hit the dance button and be like, yeah, yeah. switch between the various dances. And yeah, because you can just walk around while dancing, which yeah. is always fun. All games should have that mechanic. Mm. But yeah, so yeah, Wonder Song, definitely. You should uh, check this out. If uh, anything we've said sounds appealing, I think you'll get uh, a lot out of this game. Yeah. Um, so uh, I also, just this morning, um, finished a game um, called Undertale. Um, and it is, you know, kind of one of those maybe it's, top it's, five most beloved indie it's games. It's legendary. It's legendary at this point. Um, created and developed and scored and written by uh, Toby Fox. Um, and it's out on everything now. Um, you can play it on your Switch, on PlayStation 4, on your Vita. On, uh, oh, it's not on Xbox. 
Here you go. Womp, 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 it's on everything except womp. Xbox. So throw your Xbox in the bin just like every other month. <laughs> and and then but then pull it back out when Tunic comes out. Sure. And and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Um but yeah, Undertale um is uh, uh an RPG that um is definitely like you know the biggest influence is uh, is Earthbound, the um kind of beloved uh mid nineties uh, Nintendo game that has sequels that have never been released in the West. Sure. So people just make their own versions Is of them. Is that like Mother 3 or something? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Undertale, you play, uh, uh, as always in, in these RPGs, you play a little boy who wakes up somewhere. <laughs> um, and uh, there's you're basically in a realm of monsters. Um, and uh, the first person you visit, the first person you, you come across is a flower um, who says like, hey, I want to share my love with you. And uh, basically you're... Your, when you battle something, your, your heart is in a little box and uh, the character that you're battling is, is above you and you can move your heart around. So, you, you can dodge their attacks, basically. Sure. Um, and uh, once you survive the, the initial flower fight, um, mm-hmm. you then learn that you can uh, actually spare... Um, it's, so, basically, it's, it, it, you, you don't have to fight every, every monster you, you can. You, you can do it. There's a run called the Genocide Run in which you kill everything you meet. But there's multiple endings, like all great RPGs, sure. um, and they're all based on who you kill and who you spare upon your crazy journey to to get back to where you were originally from. I think I read there's like one ending that, that yeah, hasn't people, been found yet or something. Yeah, totally. Like, and there are weird variations on endings and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I I knew there was a pacifist run, which is where you you know you, you spare everybody, um, and so I tried to do that, but then I accidentally killed a main <laughs> one of the main <laughs> ones uh, very early on. I didn't realize. Uh, I didn't realize that, uh, like, I, I, I assumed that maybe with some of the characters you had to, like, get their damage, da- get damage them a, a little bit and then you could spare them or something sure. like that. But there is, like, yeah, entirely, like, peaceful ways you can uh, negotiate some, all the battles uh, for most of the, most of the way. At one point, uh, your mercy button gets taken away oh. by a boss, which is uh, really fun. But, man, just like under, under, um, Wonder Song. Undertale, Wonder Song. Look at this. Uh... Undertale, Under Song. Um, now I'm fucked. Uh, but the writing is is just that's the reason you would play this game. Sure. All the ca- you know the, the 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 graphics are crude. Yeah. Um, like you know, it almost looks like fucking clip art. It's um, it's pixel. It's like less even less. It's it looks it, it looks like a NES game. Yeah, but... it wouldn't look out of place on like a really really early PC or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's charming. If you you know if you are okay, you 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 figure out like what the art style is trying to do. Sure. It's crude, but it's intentionally crude. And uh, the what, what's the story of the game? Uh, the story of the game is like you know you're in this like you're you're under under the earth or whatever, yeah. and there's monsters there, and the monsters don't want humans there, but there are some, like it, basically if if this one main monster who rules over the monsters uh, gets a seventh human soul, then he will be like a god, right? Um, and so you're basically making your way towards him um, in okay. the game, and you you it's but it's it's not really about that overarching story. I mean, right. I, I mean there's insane amount of lore that people have you know constructed around their love of this game sure there is a, a, a rap of featuring two of the characters that someone has made that has 53 million views i learned this morning and Good it's Lord. terrible oh. and does a disservice to what actually makes this game great but whatever you know, you know have your fandom do whatever the fuck you wanted to do yeah. um but uh yeah you meet some amazing characters i guess the main two characters everyone loves are called papyrus and sans okay uh, whose fonts are Papyrus and Sans. Sure. Um, and they're like two skeleton kind of demon dudes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you end up going on a date with one of them. Um, and then there's like, you know, like this like hilarious do, rope. Do, do you bone? You don't bone with the bones, no. Oh. But like, it, man, it's because it's, it's actually, again, this is another great game to, that I would recommend to 
like a you know 12 to 15 year old okay um it's a great relatively short um uh rpg it's like you know it's around the five six hour mark but obviously it, it as soon as you finish i did like I got, I got a neutral run um and uh a character says i tell you what if you play if you get to me again and um and and spare the lives of everybody um then you know things will go a bit differently right and, uh, and I, even though i was like I, i'm not gonna do it immediately i reckon this would be a fun game to to do a different playthrough of each year yeah i was thinking yearly you return to it and try something different yeah exactly um it's super charming and like just like funny like really funny character there's a robot character that um for one of the levels he every time you encounter him it's not like your regular boss battle it's like a quiz show or a cooking show that he forces you to star in um it's really really funny and and very meta and weird and does that great thing where it fucks with your I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today save file towards the end right and right. like you know makes you think that the game is crashed and um the final boss battle on the run i did was just a, a completely different visual style just absolutely insane out of nowhere boss fight that uh was one of the things that i'll remember from this game as being just cool. like a completely nutty game that i now understand why people love it so much i have it on steam mm-hmm. I bought it a long time ago and I played maybe 20 minutes of it at the time and just sort of went like, I don't know what this is. I'm out. I, you know, I think I might have had like three or five other games on my, like, you know, you buy five games at a time. Yeah, sure. Especially with Humble t- Bundle stuff. That I'm sure this is a game that yeah. has showed up there many times. You taste all of them and whichever one immediately grabs you, you wind up playing that. So I think with this, I was like, I knew it was wildly popular. I just think through that, that little playthrough I did, I did, I didn't, it didn't grab me. But I feel, looking back on it now, that maybe that was a PC thing. Sure. Like, that's not the sort of game that I like to play on a PC. I think now that it's on Switch... Well, you like, you like text-based adventures. I like, think RPG is different. I, I, I can see like the, the moving your heart around and dodging attacks on PC being frustrating. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, this one actually surprises me. I think this game is one of the games that would lend itself to being good on PC. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well... I'm definitely going. I'm going in again on Switch, um, and and this time we'll we'll stick with it. Because um, if 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 you love it that much, then I will find that thing that you love and be like, oh, okay, I get it now. That's it's great. Me, like, I mean, like, any game that has like you know genuinely funny dialogue, yeah. I'm like, John would like this game. Sure. So uh, yeah, I think for that reason alone, um, y- you should play it. Yep, definitely. But uh, you know, and and it is like it is when you try and trying to spare everybody as I did, besides the one fuck up. Um, it's pretty difficult trying to figure out like what you need to do to kind of get to the point where you can spare the character instead of just fucking killing them. Okay. Um, but uh, that's and that's where the kind of fun puzzle element comes. Cool. There's also puzzles, you know, as you as you make your way around the world. And man, yeah, it's, it's definitely a game that I will play again uh, yeah. at some point. Um, but I'm glad I'm finally played it. Played it. I, I don't know what, what 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 which classic indie games I need to cross cross off my list now. It's like Cave Story done, Undertale done, Bastion done. Oh no, shit. I need to do Bastion. Bastion. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me about that. Play Bastion Levens. 
Uh, my turn? Yep. Let's talk Zavot. That's a game that you finished yes. two days ago. Finished, yeah, on the uh, waiting on the runway to fly to Melbourne. Um, so Zavot is a game where you play as a little blue, little blue cube. A little blue cube. A little blue cube. Um, it's uh, you and your name is Charcoal. You and your friend, a yellow cube called Mustard, are trying to assemble a present for your friend, a red cube called Red. Um, so it's kind of, that's, that's how the game is separated is you start by getting the last piece of the present, which is an organic banana. (laughs) And then on your way to Red's house, you have an accident and lose all the, all the elements of the present. So you then have to like, you, the, the game is going to each, each kind of day you go to a new location to find one element of the present and put it all together. And so, like, the present consists of, like, a skateboard and a seed, a mixtape CD and the aforementioned banana and, like, a, a, a mocky. And <laughs> um, as you make your way around all of these things, you get attacked by these sort of... Um, glowing enemies that come in a variety of forms with a variety of tacks. Um, and then each level ends with a boss battle against something or other, um, which you defeat and you get the present. Um, over the course of the game, each each at the end of each day, you go back and visit Red to, to kind of just say hey and catch up. And you get over like over the first couple of levels, you kind of come to realize that oh, Red's depressed. This you know, he's he's not a happy character. So you're working even harder to try to get this present. And that whole depression thing kind of builds and builds to a, a very interesting boss battle that I won't reveal. I really enjoyed it. It's, it's again, it uses that tilt-shift aesthetic. Um, the, the combat is nice and satisfying. You have a double jump. You have a dash. Uh, you have a variety of attacks you can make. Um, and then when you combine them all together, you get this really kind of frenetic battles. Um, as you make your way through each level, you'll run across spots where it will, you know, a kind of glowing force field will surround the area and you have to survive a wave of enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other ones where you, there was a particularly brutal section where you are essentially pushing a trolley with a number of keys on it through a series of locked gates and they're just throwing enemies at you the whole time. So it just like I was thinking like, okay, I'll wait until all the enemies have been dealt with and then keep moving. Oh shit, they're not stopping. I need to like balance moving this moving this like trolley between the gates and just trying to survive and taking out as many enemies as I can. And that took me a fair while. How how long do you reckon this game is? Oh, I would have clocked it four to six hours okay sure like it's not a huge game it's just the like it's tough it's tough the yep. boss battles i i would have like there were a bunch of bosses in it that i would have done maybe eight to ten attempts on each all the whole while being like <laughs> god damn it but obviously doing that means when you finally do beat the boss oh my god the rush of like satisfaction and relief is huge um, well, let's talk about difficult games just quickly. Like, yeah. what would you say is the hardest game that you've played this year? Because it's been a game where I feel like, you know, like Celeste and The Messenger. I'd say Celeste is harder than The Messenger. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Salt and Sanctuary was difficult, but in in a similar kind of way to how Zarvot was difficult in terms of boss battles and just generally trying to stay alive. Very different games, though. Yeah, I mean um, the boss and the boss battles in Hollow Knight were really fucking difficult, but I don't know. Yeah, I, for some reason, I guess because it's was so long ago now, I feel like I'm like like I'm looking at it like oh that was fine. I think if you went back and and just realized how like there are some sections in Celeste that almost drove me to tears, <laughs> like the the outrunning the guy that the the ghost dude that works in the hotel oh yeah, yeah just those sections where it's like it you need to do eight screens of perfect movement yep. to finish that bit and you'd inevitably like the second last movement you'd fuck up and go back to the beginning kind of thing um but yeah zavot zavot I, I mean i i like story in my games mm-hmm. and the story in this one is I almost wanted a little bit more of it. Like, they sort of make reference to the enemies attacking you. They're like, oh, the glassists are around today, so be careful. And I'm kind of like, okay, well, who, who are these glassists? Why, what's the deal with them attacking me? Why is this just some kind of like, oh, ho-hum, that's the thing. Like, I wanted a little bit more of a peek into the lore of the world kind of thing. Yep. Um, there was also a very weird thing where you defeat enemies and pick up you get pickups from them and in the top left hand corner you see the pickups being counted up and up and up i think i wound up with like three thousand by the end of my play and it almost seems to be a currency but at no point could i figure out where i spent this currency um i mean that might be something that reveals itself over time but you finished the game right i did yeah so that's the weird thing i was like I finished it and went to the arcade mode, which I thought might be like, oh, maybe you spend something Right, there. sure. No. Okay. There's, there's nothing. Why. As you go through the game, you find little kind of glowing pixels <laughs> hidden throughout levels, which unlock the arcade levels. Because right. I was thinking like, maybe I buy the arcade level. Check your kind of bank thing. account. Maybe it's gone into your actual oh, bank account. shit. That would is be this, sick. Games should this, do that. Is this Games should pay you money. Yeah. <laughs> um... So on top of the single player story mode, it has uh, a multiplayer mode, which is where I think like you co-op or, or versus versus. Oh, I fun. think you verse each other, and I think there's a there's something where like I think maybe there's a multiplayer mode where one person plays as the cube and the other person controls where enemies are dropped. Right. So sort of an overseer kind of thing, which I think was a Switch exclusive mode. Um, I did not do my research on this. I That's fine. Too busy finishing the it's game. It's called Zarvot, everybody. It's been Z- developed. Z-A-R-V-O-T. Been developed by a, uh, a new publisher slash developer called Snow Hydra. Cool name. All one word. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've got this um, on my Switch. So I'm going to play it at some point. After playing uh, Wandersong and Undertale as my main games this month, I am fucking desperate for a platformer. Uh, this this is in no way a platformer, but I think it has that twitchy gameplay that okay. you really want. Okay, sweet. Like um, the some of those wave battles just get insane in terms of like having to dash around the screen to outrun projectiles yeah okay sweet cool all right great um but uh again it has been scratching that itch is again it's just come out today Uh, i got it last week uh from uh my good friends over at nicholas one of my favorite developers sure um uh, i very much appreciate uh getting getting games early from those guys uh, because i want to play all of the things that they put out because i think they're a great publisher that puts out games that are, are worth everyone's time uh, and this new one is called save me mr taco it's been uh, developed by a um 
uh, European developer called Christoph Galati. Um, and uh, yeah, it comes out on the 30th of October. So I guess when this goes up, maybe tomorrow it should be up pretty, pretty soon. Um, yeah, it's called Saving Mr. Taco, uh, T-A-K-O. It's uh, out on Switch and Steam. Um, and it is a tribute to the games of the Game Boy era. In fact, it even looks like that, you know, signature green moldy yeah green uh, green gray kind of background screen um and in fact when, when while you're playing if you push the shoulder buttons you can cycle through different other filters that it puts on it and uh some of them are just like hilarious nightmare color schemes that i just can't imagine ever playing this game as but i love that it's there yeah you know good to um, have the option uh and so this game is you play an octopus um which is why it's called taco uh, taco is uh yeah. japanese for octopus um and uh Octopus. There's a war between man and octopus. Uh, from and so we knew it was yeah, coming. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, you play as an octopus who does not want to kill the man. In fact, saves the life of a woman uh, very early on in the game, and um, is basically trying to, uh, I guess, work out something, some kind of agreement between octopus and man. Okay. Um, I was surprised how much story is in this. It was not the game that I was expecting at first, but it is very much in the kind of... I guess like the closest game that I would compare it to is like Kirby, like the, the Kirby Game Boy games. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, basically you go... Um, there's like an overworld. Um, there's, I think there's, like, it's a, there's eight different overworlds and within them have like 10 kind of like challenge levels in them. Um, and you basically have to... Uh, uh, make your way through these kind of like fairly short kind of platform challenges with enemies. Um, and then there's a boss level at the end of each of, of the overworlds. Um, your weapons, uh, like your default weapon is ink. Um, and when you shoot uh, an enemy that they freeze in place and then you can jump on top of them and that's how you can traverse through oh, cool. different parts uh, of, of, of the land, of the, of the, uh, the level. So I'm, I'm, I'm at the point now in the story where I'm uh, on, uh, on, on, on the surface Right. Um, and uh, yeah, the, like there's like a, a big, a bigger story about like uh, again, it's about expectations and and conforming to what everyone is expects of, of of you as an octopus. You you know you're meant to join battle, and your brother is like one of the fe- most fierce warriors that everyone looks up to. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's really really sweet, really charming. Um, I'm probably going to finish it before we record next episode. Cool. Um, so I'll be able to report on it more then. But um, yeah, if you're a fan of uh, Nicholas games, you know uh, that. There, there is always like you know they're they're a little bit left to center, but definitely worth your time. Um, and uh, this is a a super unique one. That I think a lot of people are going to be talking about when it comes out. So check it out. Save me, Mister Taco. Cool. Speaking of left of center, um, another game I picked up. It just hit the app store over the last like week, week and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Blackbird. Blackbird playing in the dead Dead of night. night. You play as the Beatles recording the song Blackbird. No, Blackbird is uh, a new game by a Japanese developer called Onion Games. Um, My my sole experience with Onion Games prior to this was an iOS game they they released called Million Onion Hotel. And Million Onion Hotel is one of the weirdest games I've ever come across. I, like... I can't even think about how to describe this game. It's just bizarre. Um, so Blackbird is the new one from them. It is a um, almost like I'd uh, would you say shoot 'em up is the right kind of thing for it. You played a little bit yesterday on my yeah. Switch. It's a bit of a, it's definitely a shmup kind of, of vibe. Shmup, yeah, yeah. Um, the the storyline is you are a a little orphan girl who dies in the street and is essentially ignored by all the people in the town. So she returns to life as this kind of horrible bird monster. 
<laughs> and proceeds to just wreak havoc shooting up the town. Um, and, uh, and yes, that's as far as I've gotten at this point in time for the simple fact that it's also very difficult. Um, there's, like, yeah, there's like roguish elements to it. Yeah, the furthest I've made, is, the furthest I've made it to is the second boss battle, and, and I, I made it to there on my first playthrough too. Yeah, so it eases you into it pretty well, and then just fucking slaps you, just absolutely hammers you. Um, it's got a really cool aesthetic. They've developed this really cute aesthetic that they kind of carry across all of their games. Um, for some reason, asparagus plays a part in it. It's just, <laughs> it's one of those, it's one of those games where it's like. This has clearly been created by a team that have a very unique vision for how they want to make games. And this team, like the, the credits the team have done before they formed Onion Grams are, are very impressive. Um, together, the three of them all worked on uh, Little King Story, which is a super underrated game that was on Wii and, uh, and Vita. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a fun uh, kind of uh, like Pikmin-esque uh, real-time strategy game. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, uh, they've also like between them, like some of them, like one of the one of the dudes had like you know his first work as character design in Super Mario RPG, which is a legendary game, um, and then like uh, Harvest Moon games, um, No More Heroes too, some pretty amazing shit on there. Seeing on their- like Shadows of the Damned, Loll- Lollipop Chainsaw, another one of those guys. Like, yeah, they're obviously yeah they they're used to working in the more out there. Second yeah, look, of the the gaming industry, it is weirdly rare to hear of like you know a Japanese indie team. I feel like they're, yeah, they're, yeah, because I mean, obviously there's so many bigger yeah. studios to work at in Japan, so it is cool to see a, a smaller one. Um, I yeah, I, I'd say this is this is fun. Yeah, it's I like. Game. Oh, I, I might get this after playing your, your copy of it. I, yeah. I was in, it, and it's actually quite similar to the next game we'll talk about too. Which the is, soundtrack is. So weird and cool. So weird. Yeah. So it's like this weird opera playing in the background, like this jaunty kind of opera playing in the background the whole time. The be- the, the the boss designs remind me a little bit of Yoshi's Island. Okay. Um, you, you, like the first, it's like this big balloony kind of dude that you have to shoot in the nose. Yeah. Uh, the second one is like a robotic chicken that that fires projectiles that bounce around the screen. And yeah. As you shoot them, they break into smaller projectiles until you're essentially like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> asteroids vibe yeah um yeah man this is this is a really really cool cool game i'm glad i, I checked it out on yours i might get it in the future yeah um on that similar kind of uh roguish vibe yeah. um we got i got a, we both played uh, a new one from devolver this morning called i hate running backwards um it's uh available on all platforms so we played on the switch um it's a shoot 'em up um where you play as one of many one of Many characters from other Devolver games, yeah. uh, including characters from Enter the Gungeon, uh, Broforce, which I finished again, actually. This, uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah nice. so I've, I've finished it on Switch now, too, and play, PlayStation 4. Cool. So, uh, I still love Broforce. Broforce is like an essential game, I think. Yeah, for, it's, it's... Everyone should play it. I think... It's so silly. It's just pure fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the pantheon of must-plays. You can play as Rambro in I Hate, Run- I Hate Running Back- Backwards. Rambro! But I haven't, I haven't unlocked him yet. Um, sure. But, uh, yeah, so you, you played it. Basically, like, it, it actually reminds me a lot of uh, Crash Bandicoot. Okay. Um, you, uh, you have, like, a, a couple of weapons. Obviously, Crash doesn't have weapons, but you have a melee attack, which spins you around like mm-hmm. Crash, and you uh, basically, like, you, you, you bust up all of the... Um, Environment? environment with your melee attacks and as enemies come at you from the bottom of the screen you're running backwards with your guns pointed at the enemy yep. so you're shooting them with a variety of weapons um while you smash the environment and collect like i guess gold and, Ammo once, and- yeah but once once this you have a meter at the top um that when once you collect enough gold you unlock a perk 
Oh, cool. Um, and then uh, there was a boss battle at the end of, yes. uh, of each of the levels. And neither of us could make it past the first no. boss, but that's said we only put like 20 minutes each into yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. This is a great one just to have on the system uh, yeah. of your choice, just to tap back into every now and then. I can't see myself getting proper hooked on it, but uh, it's a fun one to kind of have, have a stab at it every couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those ones where I got 15 minutes free. I'll play I Hate Running Backward. Yeah. Like, um, it, it strikes me as the sort of game that I'd be really into on an iPhone. Yes, definitely. Great iPhone game. And I feel like Blackbird kind of lends itself to being a potential iPhone game too. Yeah, yeah. Pretty frantic. That's, that's fair. If, if you just... If the game was set so you auto-fired, you moved around by dragging, and there was a bomb button, it would be perfect for iPhone. Good call. Um, so final game we'll talk about before we go through like a blitz of like smaller ones yeah, you've done. Yeah, just little little updates and bits and pieces. You what played you one. Of, you played one of my favorite games. And you finished it. Guacamole. I did. I did. Yeah. So uh, um, dr- so just after we recorded uh, last month's episode, was it a uh, shadow drop? Yeah, there was a shadow drop. A very fun announcement uh, very early on in October, where um, the developer and publisher Drinkbox Studios uh, announced that um, Guacamole, the first one, was uh, available on Switch now. Yeah. Um, and Guacamole two coming later this year in December. Um, I uh, I played Guacamole on Vita a couple months ago. It was like my fir- the first game I got. I played when I bought a Vita on second hand earlier in the year, um, and I loved it. I talked about it two or three episodes ago. Yep. Um, and uh, and John, you picked it up too. Yeah. It's like I, a um, Metro- well, Metroidvania it. with uh, uh, Mex- the Mexican a, wrestler. It's a luchador yeah. Metroidvania. Yep. Um, I had this on Steam ages ago, and as I've bitched about numerous times, I think it was just one of those like. Hey, my con- my my control pad for my Switch is a piece of shit. I for hate playing piece, this for your PC, man. PC, yeah. Uh, yeah, for my PC is a piece of shit. I it it doesn't work great. I'm not enjoying this game. I can't make it past. It wasn't even like a boss battle. I couldn't make it past. It was like you know those giant kind of enemies. We yeah, have to beat up on their hearts. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like one of those where I was just like, oh, I can't get past. You know, yeah, screw sure. this. Blame the controller. Yeah, of course. Um, it's it's not like it's well documented that I'm not great at playing games, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, going back in on Switch, I just I think that was in the origin that that first temple area, breezed through that this time, great. and and got further into the world. It's great. It's a great game. Love all the moves that you pick up. Um, frenetically having to like, there's almost an element of strategy to some of the the battles where it's like you have to use certain moves yeah. to like unlock the ability, then wail on them. Yeah, or even like you'll be up against three enemies who will have different colored shields and each of the colors relates to one of the moves you can do. And so you've got to think like, okay, well, if I chain this move with that move, I can take those two enemy shields away and then defeat and switching back and forth between the land of the living and the land of the dead. Yeah. Yeah, great game. So many cool mechanics in that game. The fact yeah. you can turn into a chicken. Yes. Um, and uh, so I've been playing more of Guacamelee 2 this month. And um, uh, like I said earlier, I'm very close to the end, but there's... Uh, way more challenge comes from you as a chicken. There's like chicken challenge rooms. Yeah. And every time you go on, you unlock... You Basically, like you can upgrade... Like the, the chicken does way more in Guacamelee okay. 2. Because yeah. it just runs and jumps. Yeah, in this oh, one... Actually, there is a, you can attack with it, but it's very ineffective. Well, this one is like... Yeah, like there are as much combat 
as a chicken as there is as a oh, luchador. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's really really clever that, that, that what they've implemented. Nice. Guacamelee Two is a much. I think the, the, the campaign is the same length, but there's much more to do outside of the main campaign. Oh, great! And the first game. And that's December release for Switch. Yeah, man. Yeah. I like. I've got. I got Guacamelee on Switch, even though I played it on Vita. Yeah. Um, I'm just. It's a game that I'll totally play again. You want to have? Sure. It's a sick game. It's yeah. such a good one, and like I think it is a good for people that are like you know scared of how. Uh, big Metroidvanias can be. This is a you know it's like an eight hour yeah. game, yeah. Um, and definitely some very challenging boss battles. I uh, I was very surprised to hear that you did not struggle with the uh, the second last boss, the Jaguar. I was surprised dude. you didn't struggle with the last. The last boss. one was a piece of cake. I've the Jaguar button. I don't know. I don't know if they if they if they made him easier in the um because you were saying that developers regretted how hard they made that boss because yeah. yeah it's 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 very much you have to rely on your block because uh, you move. were playing the original the orig- yeah because switch the switch version is a super super turbo mega yeah whatever it is whatever, the turbo edition yeah. yeah yeah uh I, I don't know maybe it's different or maybe i just like i, I sucked at that boss but, sure uh, um I, I died to him so many fucking times yeah and i like i, I beat him with you know the skin of my teeth what's the sure yeah skin in my teeth yeah sure. yeah well, yeah finished by the skin in my teeth and if you're if you're a fan of like indie games um just the background is peppered with references to also like lots of nintendo references i think you said last yeah. time but like lots of references to just popular indie games like castle crashes and that kind of stuff there's a um a journey uh background joke yep yep oh we're we're, we're in our hotel we're getting kicked out of our hotel Hi. Hey. Can we have like 10 more minutes? Okay, no problem. Thank you so Thank much. You. Hell yeah. Thank you so much to the Bella Apartments, Melbourne. Big shout out to you. Best, um, best indie game in this city. So we have some emails to get through. Um, uh, and uh, John's got a couple of games you want to rattle off. Uh, yep. you've been just, to, just, to, just get them out of your system. I'm just going to slam through these Fart real these quick. ones out, JV. Uh, a quick Wasteland 2 update. Um, I think I was uh, frothing about this game last time. Really enjoyed it on PC. Got it on Switch. Been playing through it. I have, I'm sad to report that it crashes. Um, not, not necessarily like if you play like I do and, and quick save often, um, it's, it's, uh, it's not too big a problem, but it sucks that it crashes, particularly when combined with the fact that load times on this game are fucking brutal, like minute, minute and a half waiting for it to load. Yeah. I I find a lot of the games that we talk about on the show don't have any load time. So it is actually pretty surprising when you hit, like actually I hate running backwards. I was surprised that actually has quite a big uh, load. I mean, nothing, nothing as significant as that, but um, like it's for for a relatively small in scope game, I was surprised at the loading times in that. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely, this is a very large in scope game. Hopefully they release an update where they've like refined it a bit or what's whatever the word is. Um, but yeah, it's the sort of thing where anytime I had to like load from a saved game or move to a different area, I'd have my mobile nearby just because I'm like, I've got a minute and a half to just piss God, around that's and, so and surf and whatnot. That's why I stopped playing the Crash Bandicoot collection. Really? Because um, it was like, Oof. you know, I was dying heaps and then it would take ages to load. Um, Kyrosoft has released a couple of games on the Switch, which was cool to see. Uh, Hot Springs Story, Dungeon Village and Game Dev Story. Yep. I think both of us would agree that Game Dev Story is a must play. It's like the most uh, fun and accessible to a gamer as well. Yeah. 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 Um, it's super great. That being said, Said the three of them are all fifteen dollars each on Switch, and they're eight bucks on Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, on iOS. Um, I don't know if there's necessarily any difference. Maybe you were saying it's just the graphics. It's, I mean, they cost money to port these things to the Switch. I think it is like you just ha- like you have to accept that there's a Switch tag sure, on some of them. Sure. You don't have to play them that way, but if yeah. you want to, it costs more. Yeah, and that's just the way it is. Um, if you don't get it on Switch, 
get on iOS. Yeah, like uh, game dev is game dev is a must play. I'd say. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and I've been playing a couple of other iOS games uh, over the last month. Uh, Hold down, which is one of those games where you fire balls at bricks to break them. Oh, yep. There are heaps, breakout style. Yeah, there are heaps of those that um, are very kind of like ad supported and free to play but very much pay to play that kind of thing yep. just real real kind of shitty this one's great it costs like 2.99 3.99 something like that but as you you collect currency you collect gems as you kind of it's all about mining your way into planets yep. and as you dig down you collect currency that allows you to upgrade like the number of balls you have um and various other elements so it's got that kind of skinner box loop of buying upgrades yeah, to, to unlock more currency to buy more upgrades kind of thing really fun and really satisfying when you nail kind of a trajectory that locks a bunch of the balls in a little area bouncing around like crazy um and the other one is a uh a, a, a sort of point and click adventure game sort of thing called rusty lake paradise mm-hmm. um which is all about you are a, a guy going home to this island where his family lives and the the island has kind of been beset by the biblical plagues and so you sort of play your way through all these chapters where you have to deal with each biblical plague it's um it's very creepy the puzzles are very cool nice kind of like nice kind of art style it's not overly complicated but not overly minimalist as well um very creepy kind of vibe to it so if if you've got time on your on your phone, definitely recommend that. So and that's cool. it for me. Great. Yeah. Let's get over to emails. If you want to email the show, you can and should. All the small games at gmail.com is how you get in touch. And that's exactly what Tyler has done this month. He says, hello, folks. Big fan of the pod and super appreciate the two of you. Hold doing- on, hold on. It's Tyler. What did I say? Tyler. You didn't say the name. It's Tyler. Thank you, Tyler, for writing in. I said that's exactly what Tyler did. Oh, right. Okay. I yeah. missed that bit. <laughs> um Big fan of the pod and super appreciate the two of you doing much of my Switch indie homework for me. Weird blobby smiley face. Um, I was... I can imagine, yeah. We now rate your emoticons. Um, I was in the coming soon section of the Switch eShop today and noticed some things that I hadn't previously been aware of coming out on Switch. Got me thinking about the state of small games and their promotion on the Switch and thought it might make for an interesting chat on the show. As lovers and connoisseurs of small games, do you think that Nintendo was doing a good job of highlighting them on the Switch? Are you happy with the Nintendo showcases and various bits of promotion that exist within the eShop? Or do you think Nintendo could, should be doing anything more to help people discover these little gems all the best tyler um there's a lot of shovelware on the switch i mean there's a lot of stuff just ported over from yeah but it's not just the switch that's just a game thing like like this like the steam marketplace the playstation 4 marketplace like there's just a ton of games on those on those shops and i feel like no one has really gotten like like fully nailed the the e-shop yeah format but it's it's i mean that's the issue is there's so many coming out how do you how do you even like curate that sheer amount of of stuff yeah sure i um i'm a maniac so i every 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 time the new games come out i i open them up and i watch the trailer in the eShop. sure um so there you know if if you are on top of it and do that every week you'd know exactly what's coming out but that's not should not be expected of everyone what i think Nintendo should do every month is a Nindy showcase. Sure. Um, even if it's like, you know, like a 10 minute video, just kind of highlighting their favorite ones coming out this month. Yeah. That's a way of quality control without, you know, t- 
t- saying no to certain games. Mm. Um, I I don't think I don't I don't have a problem with there being a bunch of shit on the, on the on the shop. Like obviously it would be better if there wasn't, but like I understand why there is, and like that's that. And it's also it's the reason all the small games exist to like you get outside people to help. Yeah, totally. Uh, a really helpful resource I have every month I go to vooks.com. Sure. Um, and they put up an eShop uh, update, um, which just has uh, um, like a, the list of all the new games that have come out that, that week. And, mm-hmm. and also they do great sales um, uh, roundups. So all, all, all the games that are currently on sale. Um, but again, that also requires you, you know, copy and pasting the games that jump out to you. Cause I don't really do anything in the way of describing the games that have come out that, that week, unless sure. they're reviewing them. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think, uh, I think Nintendo should be doing an Indies showcase, even if it was something that you could only watch on your switch. Yeah. No, it should, it should be on YouTube, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 like, I, would, I would watch Indie showcases on my switch if that was a thing that came out every month. Yeah. I like the novelty of it being available on switch, particularly since you're in a place where you can immediately go to the marketplace. Yeah. Like that's the thing. I think it would need to, you'd almost do it at the end of the month and it would be, here's everything that Kate, like here's the 10 best indies that came out over the month rather than yeah. like wait three weeks to get this game because by that time you're like i've forgotten about it it is funny though people are like i always hear on podcasts and, and websites like people calling out nintendo not doing enough to like you know spotlight I feel indie like games doing, but i mean doing more than like a playstation that's what i mean like no one ever calls out playstation for not like yeah. or xbox for not highlighting their indie games xbox like, has id at xbox which kind of like but that's only for their exclusives right yeah that's yeah. true um uh, maybe I don't know, I feel like Nintendo, like, you know, the fact that they include indies in their regular um, directs yeah, a lot. Like, yeah, definitely. But I think, you know, I would love an indie showcase every single month. Sure. Just because I'm a, an, an indie head. Yeah. Um, so, we got another email. Thank you so much, Tyler, for that great one. Thanks, Tyler. Again, you can email us all the small games at gmail.com. This one is from Roger. It's a big one. He says, hey, Levens in particular. So, John, close, cover your ears. Fuck you, Roger. No, this is about me getting a Vita. He says, great to hear that you got a Vita. Don't know if you remember me. I was the guy that gave you a bag of tortilla chips back at the Mr. Liquor's Dirty Italian Disco closing party a while back. I do remember. I was drunk as shit. <laughs> and uh, I... I, oh, I had every intention of bringing your, your chips home with me and eating them, you know, over the course of a week. Instead, I smashed the entire bag on a train. Hell yeah. Uh, to, to keep myself awake. Damn. I was, that's like the drunkest I've been in years that wow. day. So, uh, thank you. You may have saved my life, Roger. Uh, he also w- wants to recommend a few games that he's played on uh, Vita that he reckons I will enjoy on the handheld. Uh, he says the Vita deserved more support, especially since it had such a great selection of games and it also just the best console to facilitate roguelike games, which are my jam. Uh, so here's a list of uh, of his games that he recommends. I'm just going to go through um, them by name instead of his descriptions. But he's, it's an amazing email. Thank you so much, Roger. Yeah, for so this much is evident. real comprehensive. Uh, Terraria, Terraria. Um, this this violates our building rule. It's it's very Minecrafty. <laughs> um, that being said, I think it has more elements of stuff than Minecraft does. So yeah, maybe maybe worth a. I like the aesthetic of it. I've, I've almost bought this game on many yeah. many different consoles. Maybe it's on Switch now. Maybe I'll go check it out. Um, uh, Rogue Legacy. Um, this is a game I fucking want to play. I know it's okay. like one of like the kind of best regarded roguelikes. Um, I think I will buy this one. Yep, probably. Um, don't starve. I think uh, we're both big don't starve heads. Yeah, I've, this is actually one of the few games that I've put some significant ga- um, time into on uh, on my computer. Yeah, I um, I actually managed to finish around. Oh, well a done. Times, yeah, yeah I haven't gotten that far, yeah. but this is a, yeah, I mean, great vibe that game. Great. Yeah. I mean, Clay do so much good shit. Frozen Synapse Prime, a tactical squad based strategy game. I think this has this has some really interesting mechanics in terms of control. Um, 
very minimalist art style from memory. Yeah. Um, Child of Light, which I just got a code for from Ubisoft uh, yep, for just Switch. Just out on the Switch. Um, Ollie Ollie Two, a fast skateboarding side scroller. That actually sounds fucking awesome. I'm I is this on? I hope this comes to Switch. I mean, you've got a PSP, obviously. I hope this comes to Switch. Vita, as well. mate. I've there's got, a difference. Oh, sorry. Um, I've got Ollie Ollie on. Steam. Steam, yeah. I was trying to remember had it on Xbox as well. It is fun. It's very, um, it's actually quite difficult because like any other skateboard game, you do a jump and do a trick and you just land. But with this one, you actually have to pull a button to land as well. Mm-hmm. So it becomes this big like, hey, I did that perfectly. I fucked it up because I forgot to press the button to land. Right. Kind of thing. Cool. Uh, that's something I probably will check out. Helldivers is a squad-based action exploration game with hardcore gameplay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Gravity, Gravity Rush is a is a, one of the best uh, first party Vita games. I have that. That's a great okay. game. Uh, Dust Force, precision score side scroller, fun if it's your type of game. It sounds like it could be. Fez, yep. um, I have that one on Love my Fez. on my PC. Great one. Oh my sorry, my Mac. Uh, Spelunky, um, I have that on my Vita. I should. I've, that, that's a classic indie game that I yeah. have to uh, play at some point. So maybe I'll try and put some time into that. Uh, Blinding of Isaac Rebirth. Um, I'm, I'm, it's a, that's a great insane game which i have on switch yep um luft rousers i think i have that that's a devolver game um yep. i think i have that on my vita um in my in my library so i will play that at some you point do, yeah. actually i remember seeing it uh titan souls yeah this is a this is a difficult boss battle. very dark souls pass <laughs> it, i think you'd enjoy it tactics ogre let us cling together a tactical rpg by the final fantasy developer designers i've heard people love the ogre games yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm. A lot of people always tell me to play um, Final Fantasy Tactics, especially especially one of our listeners, Scott. Um, okay. And I just taunt him by never playing it, but I have uh, it on like Vita and uh, the iOS version. I will play it at some point. I promise. Uh, the Swindle, a uh, steampunk heist roguelike. Um, I this just came out on Switch and I got a code and it's on my Switch so I might put yep. some time into the, got that. On, got this on Steam, but I think we'll get it on Switch. Uh, Nova One Eleven or Nova One 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 or. Nova 11 one. 111. <laughs> Shit, there's so many ways. Uh, an action puzzle game. Haven't heard of that one. Bastion. Yes, okay, I'm going to try and play that on Switch <laughs> this month. Thank you. Nuclear Throne. A yep. roguelike shooter. Um, I've, I've got that one. Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Um, I have that on Switch. It's like a roguelike dungeon crawler, but it's a fucking rhythm, rhythm game. game. I'm yeah. so bad at this game. Sure. Um, but people fucking love it. So, yeah. Um, yeah I know. Uh, Risk of Rain. Yep. Another roguelike. Yep. This guy that's, loves roguelikes. That's cool. I'd actually, that's another one I'd like to see you take a crack at. Okay. Downwell um, is a classic. I got it on an iOS. Got it on iOS, And yeah. that, that developer now works in Nintendo, so keen to see what he does next. Okay. Um, but uh, I have that on my Vita too, um, in my yep. library, so I'll, I'll put some time in. Uh, Sultan Sanctuary. No, you, you wouldn't like Sultan Sanctuary. We, we, we've discussed it on yeah. previous episodes. Um, Axiom Verge, um, which is a Metroidvania, very similar to... Um, uh, to Super Metroid in particular. Sure. Um, that's on my Switch. I've put about an hour into it, and it's good. I should play more of it. Yep. Um, Severed from the same developer as Guacamelee, the Drinkbox guys. I have this on iOS. I have, yep, same. Uh, Works really well on iOS, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's like, because it's all about like slashing, slashing with your screen. finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously the Vita has a touchscreen too, so it's probably very good on that. Darkest Dungeon. I have that on PS4. I actually think I have, if I, if I log on to my European account on my Vita, I should be able to have that on there too. So yeah. maybe I'll try and upload that to my Vita. Uh, Stardew Valley, I'm good. I know yeah. people love it. I just yeah. don't want to sink 150 hours into a game. Yeah, I've done that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Um, and I made a. I sort of said to myself when I finished it on my uh, on Steam, like I'm going to buy this on on Switch. That's the next time I'm going to go in. And I've actually been 
resisting buying it on Switch for that reason. Like, oh, I, I don't have... It's on iOS now as well. Like, I should get it on iOS, but I just... I don't have the stomach to do another 100-hour playthrough of it. Yeah, and finally he puts Papers, Please, uh, which yep. is uh, the great kind of immigration game uh, yeah. that uh, I have on my Mac. Cool. I put some time into that. It's a good game. Um, he says, of all the games, please check out The Swindle. Um, I will. This month I will play some Swindle for you. And also Crypto the Necrodancer. Um, I'll, I'm, I, look, I, maybe I'll try and do it again. I'm just terrible at it, all right, Roger? Jeez. Yeah. Thanks for the chips and the email, but mostly the chips. Yeah. Send us an email or chips uh, to all the small games at gmail.com. Uh, corn chips are my favorite food. Oh, I'm down. Yeah. I, love, I love a corn chip. What's your favorite food? Of, of so, all? So if random people see you while you're drunk, they can give it to you. Uh, work it out. You've got a month to work it out. Next episode, the big reveal. What's deep, John's favorite deep, food? Deep dish pizza flavored hers cheese curls. What the fuck? They will strip years off your life, but they're delicious. Okay. Uh, corn chips, much easier. Just give me yeah. corn chips. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening uh, to All the Small Games. Um, again, my name's Levens. His name is John. Uh, you can find us online at All the Small Game on, uh, on Twitter or uh, facebook.com slash All the Small Games. Individually, I'm at LevDog, L-E-V-D-O-W-G, and John is at 16Tacos on both Twitter and Instagram. Come and say hello. We love talking indie games. And uh, if you've got any suggestions for games for us to talk about in the future, uh, get in touch with us and let us know, and we'll yeah, do our best always, to do it. Always great to get emails. It's always great to get recommendations. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, thanks to everyone that we bumped into at PAX. Uh, it was cool to meet you. Yeah. And uh, see you next time. Bye bye. Bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusive Apply. See site for details.